We can't speak. We can't spell. But we're back, baby. And that's all that counts. Next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 42, and it has been a while. So we are super happy to be back on. Um, I miss talking football with my friends, so it's good to be here, man. How are you feeling, Davis? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Uh, I know that uh, we missed the first couple games. Um, you know, just stuff gets in the way sometimes, schedules and whatnot. Uh, we apologize. We know people have been reaching out like, hey, when's that next episode coming out? Um, but we're ready to roll. Uh, we're going to be on here uh, regularly like we normally are during the uh, the season. So you're going to get your your pre games, your post games, all of the BS nonsense that we throw in between. So I'm just glad to be back at it for another season. Yeah, me too, man. It's been too long. Well, listen, I'm not I'm not going to miss words here. All right, I got some stuff to say today. All right, and you know how that goes. Well, where are we starting with this stuff? Well, let's start off with the fact that uh, everybody knows, of course, you know, High State's 2-0, uh, just coming off a, a 45-12 victory over the Arkansas State, Arkansas, gee, many Christmas. You can tell we just got back on the podcast. I can't speak. Arky State. I, you know, I kind of like that nickname. We should just go with Arky State at this point. Arky State Red Wolves. All right. 45-12. Wed, wed, that's like a tongue twister. Wed, red Wolves. I red Wolves. I can say that. It doesn't matter. I can't even say my name right now. <laughs> anyway yeah. anyway so let me ask you this man just right off the cuff here we're two games into the season give me your general feeling right now how are you feeling about this team as a whole well i think that's a loaded question and i think it would be better if we break that down offensively and defensively to start would you not agree i mean yeah you can break it down uh offensively and defensively so that tells me exactly where you're going you're pissed off about one and happy about the other uh I think that's probably a fair statement. Um, reasonably, so obviously the big off-season storylines were always Jim Knowles and this defense. Like, how reasonably can we can we expect for this defense to be improved from last year? How reasonably can we expect that this uh, defense has been able to learn and you know integrate this new defense that's supposed to be a lot more complicated that Jim Knowles is bringing in? So. You know, going into that first game against Notre Dame, which is, you know, I understand it may look different now in hindsight, but still, dude, that's that's a tough matchup week one. I don't care what anyone says. You can try to diminish that all you want, but it's still a tough week one matchup uh, that we don't particularly have on the schedule. And I came out of that first game pleasantly surprised at, I mean, past my expectations, what I thought game one would look like with his defense. So um, that also kind of parlayed a little bit. I think they had a little bit more of a down game against Arkansas State, but it still led to not giving up a touchdown in that game. So, I mean, I saw a stat for the first two games last year, we gave up nine touchdowns. And for the first two games this year, we gave up one. And it looks like the defense is flying around. They look a lot more confident. Um, you got some so much better linebacker play this year. 
my only issue so far is some lackluster uh, defensive back play, especially out of Denzel Burke, who I thought was one of our best defensive players. But overall, man, I'm really impressed with the defense that I've seen so far. Uh, offensively, we've been we've we've kind of not gotten into a rhythm yet, and I think that's probably the best way to put it because I know the potential's there. We've seen the potential. But we're a little bit out of sync. I know it was improved in the second game against Arkansas State, but we're still kind of seeing, you know, some different parts trying to find the rhythm to work together. Um, you know, it's still a big deal. I don't care what people say. And I know we have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, you know, has been sidelined in the last two games. So that is kind of a big deal. But we still have Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, who hasn't played yet, Emeka Abuka, um, Jaden Ballard's come in a few times. Uh, so has, um, oh my gosh, the walk-on, um, Xavier Johnson. Um, we have the talent there, but I think people don't really realize how much you really miss when you lose your top two wide, you know, two of your top three wide receivers, especially two that win in the first round, you know, so... I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass, and I know we're going to get more into detail with that in a little bit, but um, I will say that the offense has been, I guess, best best way I can put it is underwhelming. Yeah, that, that's that's a good way. I mean, I, I've had a problem, you know, from day one with C.J. Stroud and his decision-making ability, and I, you and I have touched on this many times before. I just don't, there's something about being a leader. There's something about doing what it takes to get the job done. Now, do I think he's a good quarterback? I do. I think he's a great kid. I think he throws the ball well. Um, I think he sees the field well. I mean, he makes some bonehead plays here and there, but I think overall he's a good quarterback. What I don't like about him is his inability to run the ball. We've talked about this a hundred times since we started this podcast. He just out and out refuses to do it. Several times have I seen situations where you know, you got read option plays and, and things like that where he could keep the ball, pull the ball back and run and get eight yards inside and be and we get a first down and go on. And he will not do that. He will not do it. And that makes me nervous um, going forward because, you know, so far we've played a Notre Dame team that may have been a little bit overrated and an Arkansas, Arkansas State. I can't even Arky do it. State. I, Twice nope. G-Mini Christmas. Arky, Arky State. Arky yeah. State. We've changed it. Arky State. <laughs> Arky State. A team that, you know, is is just not in our league, to be frank with you, you know. So those are games that you should win. And I, I just, I feel like once we get into the meat of our schedule and the Big Ten schedule, I think that these things are going to come to light a little bit more because we're going to need to do more to beat these teams. So offensively, that's really my number one issue. Defensively, can I just say it for everyone else? Welcome to Columbus, Mr. Jim Knowles. Absolutely. That's all I can say. You know what? I don't want to hear a single critique other than exactly what you said. I agree wholeheartedly. We have some lackluster play, some some effort issues uh, in the backfield, and some just bonehead metal mistakes and penalty yards that are killing us. Mm-hmm. But other than that, 22 points in two games, and st- you know, coming from what we came from. Welcome to Columbus, Mr. Knowles. Can we pack your? Can we carry your bags? Like that's what I want to know. Do you want to carry your bags? Because I'll do it. Like welcome. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it, right. it can only get better from here. And as he gets people that he wants in the system, and as he fills the holes that he wants with people that he wants, I think it's going to get better. And it's, I think it's going to get better each year. And I think that we're going to be in really good shape here, 
you know, year two, year three in Jim Knowles tenure. Um, I, yeah, I think the sky's the limit. And I think one of the big things too, with seeing this much of an improvement this early is I think this can only help our recruiting on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's a spot where we've lost some key targets to other schools just because, you know, we've not looked the best on defense the last few years and there's some unknowns with Jim Knowles, but I have a feeling the more these recruits keep seeing what uh, we're putting on the field and the way Jim Knowles coaches and the way they see the players flying around and making plays, I have a feeling that our defensive recruiting is going to improve, which is only going to help that defense even more. So so, uh, so tell me this then. Who who on defense – now you told me you you haven't been impressed with Denzel Burke, and I can wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, even at Christmas, he looked like he was putting on a clinic for pass interference. Um in the Arkansas State game. Arkansas um, State. Arkansas yeah. State. <laughs> but who would you say defensively has been the most surprising to you? Who who are you the most impressed with? Um, I'm gonna give that a two part because I like that. It's most surprising and most impressive. I think the most surprising is Michael Jr. And he's a name that we didn't I don't think we called it all last year. I don't think he played it all last year or maybe in some cleanup time. Um, I know he's getting a ton of praise. I mean, they've called him the baby Aaron Donald. You might have to slow your roll a little bit on that one. But still, he's been a game changer in the first two games. He is yep, redshirt freshman. He's almost unblockable. And his motor is great. His handwork is great. His footwork is great. He gets off the ball quick. Um, once he's getting into the backfield, I mean, he's pretty much wrapping up and it's a done deal. Um, I think I'm the most surprised with him. I mean, I remember in fall camp they were talking a lot about him, but seeing it in that first two games immediately, most surprised with him. I think I'm the most impressed with Tommy Eichenberg, and we saw glimpses of that in the Rose Bowl, and he definitely played well. And I remember we had a, a our podcast after that, and I talked about him a little bit, and you were kind of like, yeah, 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 well, it's one game or whatever. You know, he's become a team captain. Uh, he's become kind of that leader, especially in the linebacking core. Um, and I'll tell you what, he just he looks like he not only knows the role, he's taken that role ab- above and beyond. And, you know, it, it gives me this feeling again. And we talked last year about when's the last time we really had some good linebackers or a whole good linebacking crew? When's the last time we had those Bobby Carpenters, those A.J. Hawks, those um you know what I mean, right? Are you saying you think it's now? Mm, that's an early call. I think that's a little bit of a hot take now, but I think there's potential that could be there because Steel Chambers, you know, was just, I think, named defensive player of the game last week. Yeah. And that's another linebacker. And I think it was the week one. I think it was Tommy Eichenberg was week one. So, yeah, the, I, the yeah. potential is there. And Cody Simon, who was kind of in and out a little bit and some good, some bad games last year, played a really good game against Arky State um, and and had several tackles, several for loss. I mean, the linebacking play, and I know that's Jim Knowles' specialty, has looked so much better. And I think that excites me even more than the defensive backfield looking better. Now, don't get me wrong. That's still an issue that needs to get cleaned up. but. You know, that's that's who I'd say my most surprising and probably my most um, impressive players are. So what about you, sir? What do you think? What would you call probably your most surprising or and or your most uh, impressive? Dude, we're pretty in sync here. I, I'm I'm going to stay in the linebacker category because to me, the most 
surprising to me is still Chambers, and that's just because of everything he's went through in his career. The position change, um, and and he's went from a guy that I was like, man, I don't know, he's not really a true linebacker, you know, he's a true running back, like, to a guy that, man, I just love it. He fills, he fills gaps, and I just, I want to take all the perversion out of that that I can. It's he hard fills to. the gap. It's hard yeah. to, but we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try, but... I just I, I love the way he plays, man. And he plays with a mentality like a running back, which is a good experience to have. And I guess I never really looked at it that way. A guy that knows, you know, by looking at it, you know, what's going to happen? What holes are going to open up? You know, where can I? I just feel like he has that thing. He has that thing where he can kind of tell where the play's going to go and what hole he needs to plug. And I love that about him. And I think he's been the most surprising guy to me because I just never thought a guy that was not a natural linebacker and played it his whole life could could grow into this and i he's be slowly becoming one of my favorite players on defense and as far as the most impressive i gotta go with tommy he's killing it man yeah he's he's tied tied for tack or uh sacks on the team he's got 10 tackles he's leading the team in tackles and tied for the team lead in sacks like he, he's just a commander out there man and i i'm impressed with it i wish i could say something positive right now about the defensive backfield but as you talked about it's just not quite gelling for me yet. So, you know, I guess we'll see how it goes as the season comes on. I'm not ready to to get on here and, and cuss them out like I usually do. But, you know, definitely we need to improve, man, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I think by us being in sync talking about the linebackers just goes to show that, you know, Jim Knowles, obviously you know we we figured pretty good we knew what he was doing but there's still a question mark you know coming from the big 12 um and then coming into the big 10 you know and coming into a team like ohio state with the kind of expectations that they have and i'll tell you what you know he's he's done not a lot of talking you know he he's kind of i feel like i should send him something i feel like i should send him like an edible arrangement just to show my appreciation you read my mind yeah. You read my mind. I don't even know why I was thinking edible arrangement. Maybe that's just the thing when you send someone something. Uh, oh, God. Or that's what I'm feeling, though. Like, I feel have like I need wife, to do Have something. your wife bake him some Buckeyes and send them on over. But Yeah, I got to do something, dude, because I, I just feel like, dude, I've we've waited for this. We've waited for this. You know, and I'm yeah. not saying that, like, you know, I'm going to land my plane a little bit. I'm not going to say that, you know, this is the greatest defense ever. But man, we've just had some hard times here recently. So I'm well, just really excited. We have a we didn't have a lot to improve. You know, we didn't have a long way to go to show improvement from last year. And you know, I've really felt embarrassed last year. And I I remember talking about this last year that you know I would I'm maybe a more old school, or maybe it's just how I am. But I would so much rather if we had a side that was going to struggle more. I would rather the defense be solid and the offense struggle which is more kind of where we're at this year, at least to the beginning of the year, than for the offense to do great and the defense struggle, because I hate getting scored on. You know, I hate getting scored on more than I enjoy scoring, if that makes sense. Right. So, you know, seeing the defense, you know, and then we gave up some yards against Archie State and, and all that, but, you know, I thought it was important, especially after that kind of dumb, you know, four minutes to go turnover on a, you know, a punt and they're driving down the field. I thought it was important, even with second and third stringers out there to keep them from scoring a touchdown. And it looked like the play call was just that, you know, Jim Knowles kept it aggressive, even with the young guys in there. And speaking of young guys, Caden Curry, did you see him come in? Yeah. And in I back did. to back plays like a three, four yard 
tackle for loss and then another oh my gosh he's he that boy's gonna earn some playing time as a true freshman guarantee yeah. it i think he is definitely and speaking of which while while we're on it what is zach harrison doing he has been non-existent he looks i mean he's causing penalties um he's not really getting in the backfield doing anything like zach harrison is just like in my opinion he's pissed away his ohio state career by not you know adding up at all to what we thought his potential was. And I mean, I'd I like think, to see Jack Sawyer on the field, field more. And I'll tell you what, they're really moving him around. You know, yeah. he's, he's in all, there's sometimes he's in linebacking position and I love it. I love putting him everywhere on the field. I mean, you know, I definitely think that we are, um, a lot more inept this year. What inept? What's the I was going to say, what, what is that no, supposed to mean? No, gosh <laughs> darn it, dude. Okay, I'm like the worst of vocabulary. You know, I, I I sit there and try to act like I'm smart, but really I'm just pulling words out of thin air and just hoping they freaking stick. But um, that the defense just looks like they really do understand these concepts. And I don't feel like anyone's really been out of position to start the year. I just think that maybe some techniques and some discipline issues have been the issue, and those can be cleaned up. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Cause even though we look pretty solid in the first couple games, I think we can be even better. And I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know about you. Well, yeah, but I'll tell you what, we better be man. Because to be honest, and I, I know you talked about this in the beginning, um, but I'm not putting a lot of stock in what I've seen so far, just because of the fact that I think Notre Dame's got some issues, man. They got some issues. And you know, obviously, Arkansas State has issues as well. Um, and I really think, dude, once we get into the meat of this Big Ten schedule, man, I mean, I mean, you know how it goes, man. I don't have to explain it to you. You've got to be on your game every week because you can you can get snuck up on. Someone will beat you if you're off your game. And we've seen it happen a million times, man. So I just, you know, I, I just want to clean up all this stuff, especially, like you said, the things that we can control. Okay, you know. We're averaging 80 yards and penalties a game. That's got to go. Right. That's, that's 100% got to go. That's discipline right there. That's discipline. Those are things you can control. So, you know, we can control ourselves. So we need to clean that up a little bit. Uh, we definitely need to clean up defensive back play. Um, first of all, the person that's pissed me off more than anyone this entire year is Josh Proctor. Really? Um, yeah, Josh Proctor and Denzel Burke probably tied. Um, I think jo- I think Josh Proctor is flat out getting uh, outplayed. I, mean, I think I think, I think he ha- I think he had a rough game against Notre Dame, and if you remember, they pulled him pretty quick, and um, Lathan Ransom took over that spot for the rest of the game. Now, they and that should crack. be the that should be and the it, guy in there. I you know I would agree, but I think they can both be helpful on this defense, and I do still think highly of Josh Proctor, and I think he had a much better game against Arkansas State. Um, but I, but listen, you got to understand, and I know you're being critical and I'm not knocking you for being critical, but you got to understand both those guys came off pretty severe injuries from last year. And the fact that they're even playing in the first and second game already, even at a level that, you know, we would even hope for them to be at is probably pretty damn amazing. If you really think about it. So I just feel like I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass. I feel like Latham Ransom right now to me. Deserves to be on the field over Josh Proctor. I feel that way. 
Yeah, I would think if based on my eye test, I would give Lathan Ransom the nod over him as well. I I, I would agree with you there, but you see where I'm coming from. Like you've got to probably give him a, a little bit more to get in the swing. I mean, you know, that's the first time they played a game. I mean, especially uh, Josh Proctor. I mean, he played. He got hurt in an Oregon game last year, if you remember. So yeah. he only played two games last year. So not only did he has he not played a competitive game in almost an entire calendar year, but you know he also missed out on all that time to develop and get better. And Lathan Ransom, you know, he at least got to play the majority of the season until getting hurt in the Rose Bowl. So, but and him coming back from his injury that quick and to play that well already, I mean, that's unreal. I mean, the dude broke his dang leg. I mean, that he was, broke his dang leg. I mean, not his, his stanky, dang leg. Yeah, no, dang leg. <laughs> Damn leg. I mean, uh, I don't know how it was the way you put it together. It was almost like it was one word. His dang leg. Dang leg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, was like, just listen. I was just trying to be a little bit more conscientious of my language. But I mean, I did. I know we've talked. I said we might let a little more fly this season. But, you know, that just seemed like a moment I wasn't ready for. Okay, let me switch topics on you real quick. How do you feel about Ohio State playing the Toledo Rockets at 7 p.m. on Fox on a Saturday night? Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, I, I don't know. You feel I mean, okay? I, no, I mean, like— Is that I mean, not odd like, to you? Yeah, it's odd, but, you know, this I don't know if it has to do with other matchups earlier on in the schedule on that day, and that was just the time slot or what. Listen— I'll be honest, as I've gotten older, I more I don't know why, but I more prefer the noon and three thirty games, to be honest with you. I'd rather get, you know, my football out a little earlier in the day and then I got the rest of the day to either enjoy other football or get stuff done. But I feel like when they play late at night, you know, my anticipation, you know, builds for a night game and yeah, I get it if it's a big time matchup, but you know, as a fan, I'm still excited to watch Ohio State. Don't get me wrong, and I'll be amped to watch them play. But it's you're right; it's Toledo. Like, how do they get a prime time slot? I don't know. And we're going to turn I, around and do it again next week against Wisconsin. So three out of our first four games are going to be night games. But Wisconsin, I can understand. And here's the thing: you know me; I've always been a proponent of if I'm going to the game, I like a three thirty game because. You know how campus is. I enjoy getting down there, eating, going to the game. It's still early enough when you get done that you can go to the bar, watch a couple other games or whatever, get something to eat. I like the whole atmosphere, so I like a 3.30 game if I'm going. Mm -hmm. But at home, I generally like the night games. I like to play at night. It's hard for me. i got to get stuff done during the day. i got kids that need to go places, all this stuff. So noon kind of sucks for me. It's nice that at the end of the day when everything's all said and done, I can sit down and relax and watch the game. But Toledo... At 7 p.m., dude, if if you looked at that right now and there was no time on it, mm-hmm. and I said, Davis, you got to bet your house on what time that game's going to be when they schedule it, I guarantee you would have said noon. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah, most likely in Big Ten Network. I, I just find it odd. I just think it's funny. But no, With all the TV deal stuff it, going Fox? on. It's, like, it's on Fox, isn't it? It's on Fox, yeah. Fox is seven. Huh? Hey, I don't know. I'm not the one making the decisions. You just tell me what channel, what time. I'll be there. Yeah. I agree. That seems funky, but hey, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the only thing I combat with is my wife is a huge UK fan. Um, That's not so where I thought you were going. doesn't matter okay. where you think I was going. That's where I was going regardless. I was like, I was pumped up. You were like, my wife is a huge. And I was like, oh, what's he going to say? <laughs> 
Oh, you were thinking negative? <laughs> listen, I understand she may not listen to this, but if there's even a chance, plus this is going to be on record. You think I'm going to bad talk my wife on the podcast? I, mean, I was like, oh, you're out of your damn say? mind. What's he going to pull out? No, <laughs> no. But anyways, she's a huge UK fan, so... Uh, the only thing is it, I, I'd like it if we had our game times at different times, because if our game times the same time, like it was uh, on that Notre Dame game, that first day, uh, that first weekend, uh, she was upstairs watching the game. I was downstairs in the Ohio state room watching mine. They play at so, night this weekend. UK. I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't actually looked. Um, I'm not even sure exactly sure who they're playing. I think it's still not a conference game. I mean, nobody cares. I was just asking. Well, listen, I mean, you know, and I'll give a little shout out. UK top 10 team right now yeah i mean beat florida first time since like the 1970s they beat florida in back-to-back years first time in probably 20 some years they beat them down in florida and quietly they've become a top 10 team and i've looked at their schedule uh there's a good chance they uh may be undefeated until second to last game of the year when they play georgia and they mm-hmm. could be potentially a top five team at that point. I'm just saying. I mean, they might get the bad luck of the draw and be a one-loss team, but because of their name and possibly getting beat by Georgia, uh, by Georgia by you know 20, 30 points or more. But they, hey, that might be a sleeper team. I mean, this is something me and you talked about, and I, I don't, I wouldn't mind spending like a minute on. You know, I know we talked a little bit about Ohio State and everything. We'll get back to it for the Toledo game, but. You know, I'm kind of interested to see what, what the landscape of college football is going to look like this year. Because obviously, you know, everyone's going to assume Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, possibly the team up north, um, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson. I mean, your typical playoff teams, right? Yeah. So based upon what you've already seen already, and I know it's still early snap judgments, but based on what you've seen already, what do you kind of pick as maybe a possible sleeper team this year that you think could make the playoff? Well, here's the thing. Damn. Okay. So you're saying a sleeper team that I think could make the playoff. Exactly. So remember how we talked the other night and I said, hey, let's come up with something to throw in the other person last minute. That was kind of my thing. Well, that, I didn't, that I didn't kind want of... you to have time to prep for that. I just want to know what you feel. What I feel is USC in Texas. And Texas? that's what I feel. And oh, Texas. God, don't even get me on Texas right now. I'm hey, so, here's the deal. That thing irritates me beyond end. I mean, you lose a game and you move up in the rankings and actually go from unranked to ranked. Now, listen, give me oh some credit God, now. Don't even get me started on that. I've been telling you and you're sick of me saying it. Watch out for Texas. I've been saying it for two years. I've been saying it ever since this whole thing happened. And then once the NIL happened, I saw these guys enter the transfer portal and then they got. You know, our eighth string quarterback. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they got, you know, Ewers. They have several over there. players from Ohio State. They have Quinn Ewers. They have Ryan Watts, um, which was a cornerback, I believe. Um, I think there might have been one other wide receiver or someone that went over there. Or at least my, maybe decommitted and committed to them. Yeah. Well, my point is though, they're on the up and coming. And I told you, do I think they're gonna make the playoffs this year? Probably not. Especially now Ewers is hurt. But you never know. You never know if they could escape through a couple of games till he gets back. What what could happen? I don't know. But you know, the point is, I think they're on the rise. And dude, I agree. I agree. I, Texas I is never, not there yet, but they are on the rise. They're not. They're they're not there this year. 
next year and maybe in two years is going to be their year, but they're not there yet. But you know who is there? USA. Lincoln Riley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley, I never count him out for anything. He's going to bring the same thing that he had at Oklahoma for all those years out to USC. He's getting the recruits. He's got the money back in him. And I'm telling you, man, they, they look – I'm not saying that right now they look like the top five team of football. I'm not saying that. But they definitely look like a top ten team of football. And I really think you know his M.O., man. It's all gas, no brakes, 100%. And who are they Has it ever be- been good enough to really win it? No. Right. Who are they going to compete with to make in the it. Pac-12? Exactly. So the only test he's really going to have is when he does make the playoffs because you know he's going to get the nod. He's got the name. He's got the school. And if they run the table, they're going to have to put him in. And they've gotten a lot of preseason hype to start. I mean, that helps, too. That kind of already gets your foot halfway in the door. I mean, a lot of people say these preseason rankings and all this talk don't mean nothing, just play the games. And they're right to an extent. Like, it will work itself out. But when you have to have a snap judgment call or if something's, you know, a little bit on, you know, kind of borderline, best believe they're going to go back and be like, you know, well, they were highly touted. You know, they're kind of a big name program. You know, Lincoln Riley brought over Caleb Williams from Oklahoma and, you know, you know, this was kind of projected to be a pretty good solid team. So I think that's only going to help them moving forward. And Oregon obviously does not look good. Um, I don't know about Washington. I know Washington State did come over and beat Wisconsin, but, you know, how good are they really? Um, they throttled Stanford. Um, who else they got? Who else they got in the Pac-12 that's that's going to give them um, – Utah? Utah got beat by Florida. Nobody. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think USC is set up to make a run at the playoffs this year and be one of the first Pac-12 teams to get in in what? I don't know, what, four or five years? I don't know. When was the last time Oregon got in? Uh, there was a – I think Washington got in one year after the year Oregon got in, if I'm Did not they? mistaken. I yeah, mean, you Wa- could be right. I – if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I think Washington got in one year and then just got embarrassed by Alabama, kind of like what Alabama did to Michigan State that one year Michigan State got in. Well, to be honest, that's what's going to happen to USC when they get in. The same thing that happened to Oklahoma. They'll come uh, against a team with defense and they'll lose. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they'll win a playoff game this year if they get in, but I do find them as, I would definitely agree with that. And, of course, my other one, I'm going to stick with it, and I know it's more of a long shot, but I'll stick with UK. I think Kentucky. Oh, my God. Drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, bub. Listen, dude, I'm trying to earn brownie points at home, okay? In case she's listening. She don't even listen to the pod. She doesn't even like you. We've talked about it. She doesn't, and that's crazy. (laughs) You know, after all these years, we just got, listen, we have too much invested in this house to split it up at this point, you know? (laughs) Dude, I know the deal, dude. You take some miles, we'll take some miles. I get it. All right, so uh, let's let's at least spend the last little bit here uh, with this Toledo preview, and then we can give some score predictions, and uh, we can talk a little bit about our prop bets that we've kind of been known for, but I think we might change the format a little. But um, give me your early synopsis on this Toledo matchup. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I, I don't think that anybody out there in Buckeye land is probably going to have much of difference of opinion. Um, let me tell you what I'd like to see, though. I have been a little bit critical of Ryan Day and the first two games for coming out so vanilla um, in the first half as far as play con goes, um, playing it a little too safe, a little too, I don't know. We, we, I, I would like to see us come out gunning in this game and work the offense, man. Work out some of these kinks. Work out some of these 
um, issues that we're having both defensively and offensively. Um, and I think Ryan Day will do that because I think he's that kind of a coach. I think he recognizes an opportunity um, in this game to work some stuff out before having to, you know, turn around and host uh, Wisconsin at home at night on national television a week later. So I think he will do that. And to be totally honest, what, what I see in this game, it's going to be all Ohio State. You know, they may score a little bit in garbage time, you know. And to be honest, I'm calling it, you know, I'll say oh, we'll go 55-10, Buckeyes. Okay. Um, I like that. Um, I think what I'm looking forward to the most here is I would just like to see the offense in some sort of rhythm. Um, you did mention something that we hadn't talked about, but I think is important in Ryan Day's vanilla play calling. Uh, there's some plays that I watch that are being called in certain scenarios where I'm sitting there scratching my head. Like I could have called a better play than that in that situation. Like that play didn't make any sense. And there's some times that, you know, Brian Day wants to pass the ball. That's his nature. And I think he's doing at least a little better job trying to balance the running with the pass. It's been a little more balanced this year than it was last year. But he's still like, you know, there's still times where I'll watch in the play call. We'll go like three straight runs and gain like 25, 30 yards on three straight runs and everything's looking good. And then he'll drop back for a pass. And like, you know, maybe it's like a, a, an incompletion or something. And then all of a sudden the momentum's kind of lost and he goes and passes again and maybe it gains two or three yards or maybe seven. And then we're left like a third and three, third and four, and then maybe try to run it. It's just, I, I think his play calling and I, listen, he's the one getting paid the big bucks. You know, I'll give him the reins obviously and try to put faith in him, but there's just sometimes I question some of the offensive play calling. And I don't know if that might also be feeding into some of the slow starts that we've been having, but I'm looking to see if we can come out and I'll be honest against Toledo. I would expect for us to come out and score on like the first four five, six, seven drives, you know, um, whether it's touchdown or not, but at least get, move the ball, get in scoring position. Um, obviously this is a game that, you know, I'll take what the defense does a little bit with a grain of salt and especially the offense too. I get that because of the quality of the opponent, but you know, um, I would like to just see, you know, more confidence being built. I'd like to see him continue to fly around. Uh, obviously we're in no danger of losing this game. I mean, what's the spread 33. Um, I, I think we finally cover a spread this year. Uh, we've not covered the spread in the first two games, but I think we finally cover one. And I will agree. I think we're finally going to get up into the fifties this time. Uh, but I'm going to call it, uh, 52 to 13. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of garbage time points. Uh, probably once we get second, third string in, uh, might give up a touchdown, but, um, I think we're in the same realm so to speak. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair statement. Um, but before we get into stuff I know we're going to get into, we didn't talk about my hot take, man. We didn't talk about my bomb, my gravity bomb. Well, you didn't tell me. I'm going to tell you something that I've been thinking about, and I've been wanting to drop it here on the podcast instead of dropping it to you on the phone. Okay. Let's hear it. But I'm going to say this. And I believe this, and I've thought about this from every angle. And I thought about last year, and I went through it in my head. My hot take is that Jackson Smith and Jigba, even if he comes back 100% healthy, is not going to be our number one receiver this year. 
Um, I don't think that's a complete hot take, to be honest with you. I know you were probably expecting me to just like drop my jaw and be like, shut your mouth. But um, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is unreal. I think he's the most NFL-ready wide receiver we have. Um, I think that as he continues to build chemistry with uh, C.J. Stroud, that that's only going to improve. Uh, I still think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the most important wide receiver to the team. Would you at least agree to that? Yeah, um, but let, that, I, I want to give you my reasoning real quick. Go ahead. Because I think it – I don't want to dive – you know, one of the things we talked about when we did the show was that we didn't want to bore people by diving way too far into X's and O's. But I will say this. I don't think it takes you know much for people to realize Jackson Smith and Jigba blew up last year because of who else was on the field with him. Agreed. I, I agree to that to a pretty big extent. I know a lot of people overlook that. But listen, when you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and they're getting a lot of attention, guess who's not getting all the attention? Exactly. You can't double team everybody. Well, this year, I think that's going to be his role. Will he have a good year? Will he have some receptions? Sure. He's a great receiver. I get that. But he's going to suck up all this double coverage, dude. He is. And that's going to open the lane for one of these other guys to take it. And I'm telling you, it's going to be Harrison Jr. or Igbuka. That's that. That's what I'm calling. Yeah. I, I, listen, dude, I, I know you were probably expecting me to go the other way, but I, I actually agree with everything you said. I'm kind of I disappointed. Mean, I thought you was going to cuss me out. No. I mean, dude, listen, that was the most reasonable thing of the three seasons we've been doing this thing. That's the most reasonable, well thought out you know, fact-driven thing that you've ever told me besides all this other nonsense bullcrap that you normally throw my way and expect me to get pissed off, which I do. I'm going to choose to take that as a positive thing. That, that was a com- that, <laughs> If I could give you a compliment, that's the best way I know how to give you that a That was the most backhanded compliment ever. <laughs> but listen, a compliment's a compliment. I don't care if you got four fingers backhand to the face or not. It was, <laughs> it was a compliment. All right, so the last thing is the prop bets. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit this year. Those of you that have listened to us in the past know that uh, every game we did three prop bets. Um, it's not anything from like Bovada.com or we got off Caesars or Vegas odds or anything. It's just things that me and him, we agree or disagree or whatever. And uh, we made it pretty fun last year, had some fun little things. You know, sometimes the winner got something, the loser had a punishment. But we're going to do a year-long thing. And kind of keep record. We're still going to do you know one for each game. Uh, there'll be three prop bets per game, but we'll get we'll keep a a running total for the entire year. And uh, we're thinking about using Facebook uh, and our listeners to try to communicate with us and give us some options on what you want our either reward for the winner, punishment for the loser, or something like that to be, and give us some different options. Uh, we're going to officially start that for the Wisconsin game once we get into the Big Ten schedule. That gives us some time to set some more things up. Um, to get started so we're not going to have any prop bets for this game probably because we're going to agree too much on what we probably think is going to happen and we'd be sitting here arguing for hours on you know what our prop bets should be but um, for those of you that listened before know we do our prop bets that will be coming back just a slightly different format but we will start that for uh, the next week's game so uh, obviously uh we are looking forward to this weekend's game. Again, if uh, you are unaware, it is a night game at home against Toledo. I believe it is 7, p- uh, 7 p.m. Fox, right, Chad? That's correct. Okay, so um, uh, this would be, like I said, an important game to just try to see some more growth in this team. 
And uh, once the game is done, uh, we typically will try to, at least we had done in previous years, we're still unsure about this part. I don't know if we're just going to come out with a straight review episode and then post another one on a preview of the following game or if we're going to continue to combine them. Uh, just kind of depends upon how our schedule goes, but I can guarantee that there will be at least the minimum of one episode per week for the rest of the season that we will be on here. Um, so moving forward, guys, we just really appreciate y'all listening. Uh, Chad, I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add. I have one thing that I'd like to say. Um, like, like David said, just to echo his comments, thanks. Thanks for everybody that's listening, you know, coming back. We enjoy doing this. We have a good time. Um, but to be totally honest with you, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, you know, um, you know, I, I don't want to get emotional about it, but, uh, November 26th, we're going <laughs> to Michigan. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And I've had this day circled for the whole year. And I've been telling you since last year, I was hurt. I've moved past the, the grief stage to the anger stage. Now it's time. It's time. November 26th, I'm circling it on the calendar. Somebody is going down that day, and they have wingtip stupid shit on their helmet. That's who's going down. <laughs> Davis, tell them where they can find <laughs> Probably in the discontinued section at your local Walmart after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, listen. That, yeah, listen, I'll be honest, you fired me up a little bit. I'm about ready to run through a wall. The only problem is I don't feel like patching up my drywall. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, listen, I'm there with you, brother. I promise I'm there with you. But um, yes, we really appreciate you guys listening. We did get a lot of feedback over the, la- the first two seasons. Uh, and we really appreciate that feedback. You know, I think people have appreciated from what I've heard, just our banter back and forth and how we're a little bit different than the other way that some other people do this. And we may not obviously know all our X's and O's and all of our necessarily, you know, statistical facts and everything, but we know enough about it. We care enough about it, bullshit enough about it that I think it's entertaining enough that hell, if no one listens, at least I enjoy doing it with you, man. Yeah. So appreciate it guys. As always, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon music, and more. Uh, you can definitely check us out on our Facebook page. Uh, that's where we kind of communicate with our fans a little bit or our listeners. Uh, we do have a Twitter page as well. So if you want to feel free to reach out. Um, but yeah, we will be on, uh, after the game for our follow-up. and until Saturday guys go bucks. Oh, wait.